I'm I've got I like this is this is maybe premature to say this, but I've also got trivia for you. <laughs> I am so excited. Um, I mean, normally, you know, that comes a little later. Also, mm-hmm. our I, I our last episode, oh brother, weren't thou? You never, we never did trivia. We didn't. I don't. I, know, yeah. I don't know if you, you just didn't aggregate any together or what happened. Do you want this? Is like I'm. I'll take the listener and you behind the curtain if if you want. It's yeah. It's, I uh, I I you know show me show me the money. What? Yeah. Um. I had a piece of trivia, and I call it a piece because it was like kind of trivia, but it was also a conversation starter. But it was more to do with the year two thousand in film than it was with, uh, per se, yeah. Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? So it's, I knew... It's a cop-out. It, it's a bit of a cop-out. But we but, we yeah. had some things we wanted to get to, mainly like some that theory that was pretty focal to the our conversation. So I I was like, you know what? I Let's just get right to that. We'll get to it. There's a few, not to tease the audience, but there will be a future episode about a film from the year 2000. That I'll bring it up at that point. And to be honest, it's more relevant to that film, even though it's not about it specifically. Regardless, it's a cop-out answer. I didn't really have a piece of trivia, but there will be one that comes full circle eventually. That would have been last week, but I digress. All right, we're, we're that's copacetic. All right. Um, <laughs> All I right. Can, well, uh, hello well, and welcome. Welcome to the Movie Men podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know. So now you have, uh, I can officially say to you that you have seen the film that tried to single-handedly destroy the a, a genre um, forever and, um, and was, was subsequently saved by two very iconic superhero films. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, Batman and Robin, man. That's... Um, <laughs> That's uh, you can't you can't unsee that. You can wish, you can hope, you can uh, you can want to take it back, but Listen, you've I, seen it now. Before we dig right into it, I just want to hear from your mouth, and I think I know what you're going to say. You're not going to sure. you're not going to say what I want you to say, but I'm just going to confirm. Okay. just just to be right. Would you, st- right, right. you you do throw some shade from time to time at the Christian Nolan Batman films? Would right. you say that the Christian Nolan Batman films are still worse than Batman and Robin? Uh, no. So okay. I can turn okay. this into a hot take. Let's. I, I, I'll make sure. this a hot take. Please do. This is the second worst Batman movie. Okay. The worst still being the 60s one. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, so it's the second worst Batman movie. Um. But it isn't. But so, it is not as bad. It it's it okay. It's worse than the Nolan trilogy. Okay, I can agree with you there. But <laughs> I enjoy it more than the Nolan trilogy. Oh wow! Um, and hmm. and it's solely based on a childhood nostalgia factor, mm, right? Okay. So this, like, this is this this film, Batman and Robin, is a horrible film, horrible <laughs> film, utter garbage. 
but I grew up on it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. like as as a respectable, somewhat sometimes respectable member of society as a human being, as a Batman fan, as someone with a movie podcast, I'm I am I hate the film. It's mm. it's garbage. Yeah. As someone who owned the VHS as a kid and watched it several times, because I you know, if you're if you're eight, it's a pretty cool movie. Sure. There's a lot of fun stuff that happens in this film if you're eight years old. Mm-hmm. And so for someone who, who whose childhood uh was comprised of so many rewatchings of this, um <laughs> I enjoy, like, I, I have fun watching it, right? Mm. Just because it, it, it takes me back to a place that that it can't do for you, right? No. Having, yep. having just seen this film for the first time. Fair uh, but yeah, so we're working, we're, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's back it up a bit. Back up the bat track here. <laughs> um, we are, uh, oh, God, this is why Superman works alone. Um, we are. <laughs> We're working through all of the Batman films. If that hasn't, if this is the, you know, if you're new <laughs> or we haven't somehow made that obvious uh, prior to now, we're working through all the the cinematic live action, live action Batman films. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, we have, uh, we have stumbled our way into Joel Schumacher's 1997. Yep. Yep. Um, Uma Thurman. Arnold Schwarzenegger, George Clooney, <laughs> uh, Chris O'Donnell, Alicia Silverstone. Oh, right. Um, Batman, Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So trivia, tri- trivialize me. Actually, so I'm turning it over to you. This last week, I had a cop out answer. This week, I don't have anything. Okay. Okay. So, so mine's mine's really, really simple. Um, George Clooney, okay, who was in this film, and he was also in uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, and was also in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou. So, so mm. we've done two George Clooney films two weeks in a row, um, which is interesting because we don't often double up actors back to back weeks, um, but I think it may also be the first time we've done George Clooney. So that's um, yeah, you know, I think you might be right. To be honest, we stumbled into him, and then we just sprinted all at once. <laughs> um, so, anyways, George Clooney was in Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. George Clooney was also in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Okay. George Clooney regrets making one of these films. Is it A? Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Or is it B? <laughs> Batman and Robin. I'll give you. I'll give you two guesses. I, I like. I feel like it has to be this. Like without. Oh yeah, a this is totally. Yeah, <laughs> he won't. He he. Unless it's like to joke. To this day, he won't talk about it. Uh, oh wow! And and Joel Schumacher, the director. There's a there's a <laughs> clip I can send you from yeah. the bonus features of this film. Um, apologizing. Apologizing for this movie. And say, and it was like, like it was to, a re-release. To George Clooney or just in general? To to the viewer, to the <laughs> fans of Batman. Uh, and it was like a, a re-release. So like he recorded this interview like years later mm. after all the backlash. It wasn't mm. like he knew he was releasing a turd. No, he was like, <laughs> right. 
It was like years later, and he knew that, like the backlash and the hate and the fact that that he had basically <laughs> released a ninety minute toy commercial. Um, toy commercial? Did you say? <laughs> toy commercial because yeah. for two reasons. One, um, Chris O'Donnell, the guy that plays Robin, says the whole time. And the whole time it just felt like they were filming a toy commercial. Like it was ridiculous. <laughs> just the sets and the colors and the dialogue and the like, it just was ridiculous. And also a film like this only exists for one purpose. And that is to sell toys to children. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, but he apologizes. He's like, you know, if I, if I really truly upset anyone, if I, <laughs> if I genuinely offended you, I'm sorry. That mm-hmm. wasn't my intention. I, I just wanted to make an entertaining film. Um, and and instead I made, you know, Batman v Superman. <clears throat> not Batman v Superman. Batman and Robin. <laughs> and um, I guess, I guess it's you know. no surprise because I think Batman Begins is either 04 or 05. So there's like a good seven to eight year gap between yeah, and Batman films, right? So it took a long time. And um, so interestingly, there was a, the Batman Begins was birthed out of, it's a mutant hybrid of the film that was supposed to follow this one. Um, So so had this film seen a sequel, it would have featured, um, it would have featured Harley Quinn, I think. Oh. And, Hmm. uh, and, but, and Scarecrow. Oh, Sure. Which we obviously um, do and see. And so, so rewrites and people walking away from the project and directors coming and going and and whatever ended up eventually it turned into Christopher Nolan directing Batman Begins. So so this <laughs> is like the the almost sequel or the almost predecessor to to like canonically. Is, mm. is almost the predecessor to Batman Begins. Um, so not only not only was the ability to make Batman movies saved by two films in particular, um, but sort of the, the superhero comic book genre in general was saved by two films. Can you guess what those two films were? Um, I, well, I was actually just going to ask you, but now you've got me on the hot seat. Like, are they... They're, can you give me a range of when they came out? Like, just as a guess. Uh, guess well, hint. I, well betu- between Batman and Robin and Batman Begins. Huh. Early oh, 2000s. Man. Yeah, okay. You've caught me flat-footed, but I, can I, I'm just going to spitball it. So is is one yeah, of yeah. them... One, the, one you know for sure. So is it the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man? Absolutely, that is one of them. Okay. Just paved the way for, oh, okay, wait a second. We <laughs> can make superhero movies, comic book movies, and they can be, you know, they can not suck. <laughs> yep, yep. So what's the, what is the other then? The other is a 2000 film. Huh. Directed by Brian Singer. Okay. Starring... Patrick Stewart, Suri and McKellen. Okay. Hugh Jackman. Sure. X-Men. Yep. Uh, X-Men came out and was a hit and it was, it was serious and it was gritty and it was fun and it was, you know, 
And so, uh, yeah, those are those are kind of the two. And an argument can be made for Blade as well. Oh, okay. The yep. film Blade with Wesley cool. Snipes. Uh, yep. So, yeah, there you go. There you go. So, wow. uh, last, last time we reviewed a Batman film, I asked you how you felt about <laughs> close-ups of bat butts and bat cod pieces and... <laughs> <laughs> all of these things. Uh, what are your thoughts on? We'll 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 start slow and we'll work our way up. What is your thought uh, on uh, Robin butts and Robin cod pieces? Yeah. Um. Listen, I don't know. It, I it all falls into the cat. I have a whole category for this film of did this just happen? And that it, it yes. started off. It started off early and it was added too often. Uh, n- hmm. what I meant was it was added often, but it was also added way too often. So sure. uh, interpret it both ways. Cause both ways are accurate. Um, yeah, it, I, it happened in the last film and I kind of scratched my head, but at least it was just kind of an afterthought that was just kind of slid in like three quarters of the way through and it, it just kind of happened and it went on with this. It was like a recurring theme from the opening scene, like opening scene, we yeah. see bat butts and it happens again when Batwoman comes, and we see like, Batgirl. Yeah, Batgirl. Sorry, Batgirl. Yeah, 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 yeah. And just and and like yeah, weirdly. Know. So okay, so bat nipples. So Batman and Robin both have nipples in this. Do and they ever? That was done. Um, Joel Schumacher says like the reason the idea behind it was they wanted to give it not only a more like organic, animalistic kind of look. Um, but sort of like a very Roman gladiatorial armor kind of, because they're often they had breastplates that had, that were anatomically correct. Right. Sure. Um, or anatomically more impressive than whoever was wearing it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so, so we get that, we get that in this, we get bad nipples, we get Robin nipples. We, we don't, if you had a big rubber stamp that said bat nipples, I don't know that you could firmly stamp it on Batgirl. But if you had a stamp that said oddly defined bat nipples, but not so much that this becomes R-rated, if you had that on a stamp, you could totally stamp that on on Batgirl because Alicia Silverstone has said like the worst part of, of wearing this outfit was just how big the boobs were. She's like this. I'm not, I'm, I'm not that big. And, and they were so pointy and, and just the hint of a, of a, of a little bit of definition to show where the nipple is or, or would be. And it's just like, why why who who is that for is that for the continuity of bat nipples is that for the fathers who have to watch this with their children on a saturday like what who who was that intended for yeah i mean i'm with you i ask you why for so many reasons and there's no logical answer to me um yeah, so I, I guess just chalk it up to the first thing of complaints for this film, for sure. Um, yeah. What, oh, uh, uh, no, George Clooney's nipple. I think you've gotten me all wrong. <laughs> George, George Clooney's nipples, man. God, it's just so... 
there's there's nothing about George Clooney's performance in this, or or it's just the movie in general. Whether it's George Clooney mm-hmm. or it's it's Bane, who they completely neutered the character of Bane instead of being this intelligent mercenary. He's this guy that goes bum bum, and it's like mm-hmm. why why like they just dummied him right up. Yep. Arnold's puns, his ice snow puns, right? He's like, what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! And just like, oh, come on. Everybody chill. Just chill. <laughs> and you're like, why? Why? Like, occasionally they're worth a chuckle, but it's mm. it's not good. Well, the and Bat so with MasterCard? Ice- oh. With Iceman, I'm, I'm here yet, because... Uh, it, all his puns were lame and it's a shame because of all the characters in this film, I guess all the villains, he has an ounce of depth, right? Cause like oh, his yeah. underlying story, he's got so much conviction. Yeah. And like, he's got, he, there's a reason he's doing what he's doing. And we get some insight into, he's just a guy who has a romantic partner who he's trying to save. And, uh, there was a moment where I was on the fence. I'm like, oh, this could go either way. It's a little corny to start, but could go either way. And then it just obviously went flush down the toilet just because it was just so lame. And um, considering how much depth he had, I feel like Batman could have had a bit more of a conversation with him until the end mm. of the film. Because with these events of the film, they they kind of agree and kind of kind of come to an understanding. And I'm like, oh, maybe we could have done this before, like billions of dollars of death and damage have occurred but yeah i, I agree uh, Iceman was pretty lame mr freeze yeah mr freeze yeah um oh Batman and Bane, Bane was, love interest i and so yeah Bane, i sorry i just want to agree with you like I, the there was a fence post in the opening scene that had more depth than bane oh yeah yeah uh, Batman has a love interest that serves no purpose other than making the film a little bit longer. Okay, stop. What? This is on my notes of things, too. Who is she? Like, who is uh, she? Nobody knows. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> and, she and comes like, out of nowhere. She's gone just as quick. And, like, every interaction leaves more questions. Like, there's an interaction where they're in public, and George Clooney is asked... Oh, are you guys going to tie the knot? And she says something, and I think it's deflective. And he just says something to her that was just really weird. And it was like, hey, thanks for doing that. But it was also like, what are you doing? And eh, I just, I didn't get, I just didn't understand the dynamic. And from a story written perspective, I did, I had no idea who she was and why she should care. Like she could, should have got, could have got hit by a train. And I would have gone, oh, yeah. that sucks, but let's oh, move on. Oh, that's a shame for Bruce, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. Yeah. Like, and sorry, just from a Batman perspective, do we get a name on her? Like, is she anything of significance in the comic book world? I don't, I don't know. I would have to, <laughs> I don't think, I don't know. I'd have to IMDB it, maybe, uh, right? But if so, it's obviously quite subtle. Yeah, I and I yeah, you know, it's not like Vicky Vale. Sure. Um who who is a, you know, iconic or 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 Selena Kyle is Batwoman. Right. right. Exactly. Or uh Catwoman. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I who knows? Who knows why she's there? She's just there for I to don't, 
just, you know, max out the Bat Visa card. I don't think she knows why she was there, to be honest. And and not only is it, oh, sorry, MasterCard, not only is it a Bat MasterCard, but you want to talk about horrible one-liners. When, when Batman flashes his MasterCard and he says, never leave the cave without it, which MasterCard slogan is don't leave home without it. I'm sure. like, oh yeah. my God, this is the biggest, stinkiest pile of product placement. <laughs> Holy crap. I understand paying the bills. I do. You have bills. I've got bills. Everyone has bills. But at that point, like you have nothing to, you have no reason to not hang your head. Like that is embarrassing and shameful. Like it's not even funny. It doesn't even accomplish anything. It is just lame and pathetic. Oh. Yeah. Um, we Once again, we have a new Batmobile. Yeah, Amy. Yeah, we do. I do like I do like the length of the fins on it. I do like yeah. this like obnoxiously long where the fins are like almost du- like the the length of the car <laughs> over right. again. Right. There's something just very sleek and like you know, animalistic about it. That's that's kind of fun. I do um, I, I do like the illumination of it. Like it's very bright and yeah. it's very well lit and I do enjoy it to a degree i would say it's probably since the 60s batman which to me i don't like so it's the worst batmobile it's probably like the second best or second worst sorry to that so i've what i'm trying to say is the the uh previous three batmobiles i've liked more but i don't have anything wrong with this one right sure uh to me one of the biggest sins of this of this film like so we've had you know throughout throughout this um, saga of four Batman films, right? This, mm. So this is kind of the end of a saga, right? We're moving forward because, um, like, this Batman is supposed to be the same. This is the same Batman that fought Jack Nicholson's Joker. It's the same Batman that fought Danny DeVito's Penguin, yep. right? So this yep. is, like, a, a, a continuity of Batman, Um and in this continuity, we've seen them play it loose and, and wild with some of the the facts on characters, some of the, the bios, right? And be like, oh, you know, we're going to change this about him a little bit. We're going to make Penguin this deformed, you know, dude from down in the, you know. And yeah. it, it, yeah. it it adds a layer. It's like, oh, okay, this is an interesting take on it. Um, but what they did with Batgirl in this is... Lazy, confusing. There's no reason for it. Correct. Uh, and I would argue unforgivable. So in this, Batgirl is the niece or great niece of mm. Alfred. Yep. Never before in the comics was that has that ever been a thing. <laughs> total garbage. Total bullshit. Batgirl's real name is Barbara Gordon. Because she is the daughter oh. of police commissioner Jim Gordon. Sure. Yeah. Why change that? There's no, there wasn't like, oh, yeah, but you know, it did add an interesting, no, it didn't. It like helped <laughs> her figure out what the password w- would be, which, by the way, don't you think the password for the friggin' bat secret file on the computer should be a little bit more than like, <laughs> you know, a nickname for your, 
Are you kidding me? Holy crap, Alfred. Get your shit together. Listen. Listen. No, you actually, yeah, there's nothing to listen to. You're absolutely right. El- now, Alfred dying, that adds, that's a, that's a, a, a intense plot piece. Alfred's dying? Oh my God. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that is the, I would say Alfred's terminal illness is the biggest threat that we face throughout this film. Well, and the, the, the one that like grips you the most, even oh, though yeah. Freeze is like freezing the entire city with some bullshit technology <laughs> that doesn't make I don't, any sense. I do not care. He can freeze all he wants. I really don't care. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. But I hear so you. Bad, but man. Alfred, like, if Alfred dies, I agree. We are shulk- shaken. It's, especially because have you not, to an extent, like I know you're an Alfred Pennyworth. Or uh, 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 Michael, I know you are Michael Caine. Michael Caine, con guy, yeah, Masuain, yeah. Uh, but have you not like admit it? You've grown a little bit. You've warmed up to this guy. Oh yeah, like I'm nowhere near where you're at, and I probably well actually I know for a fact I still prefer Michael Caine, but that doesn't mean I can't enjoy this portrayal of Alfred, and I have. Right. Yeah, I'd yeah. agree. Uh, talk to me. Talk to me about what you've got written there. I've, oh, I've, my. I've, uh. Well, so here's the thing. I think you touch on something because there, there's a small fraction of a backbone that could have been interesting in this film, or at least we would have found more interesting. And I think you hit on it. Like Alfred having this very serious illness where he was having a trajectory where he was going to die. That's serious and that's not good. And that really could have um, been emotionally charged and we would have been interested. Um, And I will admit, I really liked the idea of these flashbacks of George Clooney or Batman or Bruce Wayne having these flashback moments of Alfred raising him throughout his childhood. I thought that was something that was not in line with the rest of this film. The rest of this film was just corny crap. Like you said, it was a toy commercial. It was one-liners. It was lack of depth in almost every character. But the difference with these flashbacks was it was trying to trying to portray something that was a little more human or a little more emotionally layered than everything else we saw. So I, I, that's actually something that I thought, hey, I have time for this, whether they were well executed or not, whether they were random or not. I still had time for them. I said, hey, this is at least something different. This is at least trying something new. And it gives us a bit more layers with, with Batman. So there were some things it, like that that I thought, hey, I'm okay with this. And it makes me wonder, because like we talked about how there was uh, Batman Forever. There, there was like a, a different version, a darker, grittier, more intense, right. more yeah. psychologically analyzing kind of version of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but that Warner Brothers got in there with their, oh, we're, I don't know, I, you have to sell toys and make <laughs> sure the McDonald's is happy, you know. Um, yeah. And so, and it makes me wonder because listen, Joel Schumacher is not a bad director. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? Joel yeah. Schumacher, 
uh, in between in between directing uh, these two Batman films, he directed A Time to Kill with Matthew McConaughey, right. Sandra Bullock, yep. Samuel L. Jackson, Kevin Spacey. Um, uh, he directed uh, uh, no, Gerard no, no, no. Butler you can't in go Phantom over of Samuel, the Opera. Samuel Jackson was in that. Oh, did I not say that? Oh, maybe you did. I, I maybe didn't hear I it. I thought, but. yeah. Um, he directed Phantom of the Opera. Like um, with uh, Gerard like Butler. Like Gerard Butler. That Phantom yeah. of the Opera. Yeah, so yeah. Okay, so yeah. this guy's got some He directed serious... Jim Carrey and the number 23. Hmm, okay. Like, he's he directed a couple of episodes of House of Cards. Um, you know, he's like, he's he he is a good director. Right, uh, yep. You know, I think he just, and I don't know. So I don't, like, I don't know if there was a contract in place. And once he did Batman Forever, he was like, that, you know, n- he was nuptially locked in or what happened. Um, but I'm, I'm surprised it like had, assuming he had the option to jump ship, I'm surprised he came back and, and did more of this crap. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to know, you know right? Like you, I, I know that you, I know that you thought the Batman Forever was kind of a breath of fresh air, but even yep. you have to admit that this yep. is this oh. is air turned sour. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah, to 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 retro go retroactively. After we watched Batman Forever, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was a breath breath of life, and I was even with our schedule. I'm like, let's swap it. So let's swap things out so we can get to Batman and Robin sooner. Because I'm really feeling this the juice. is what you were eager for. I was like, let's this, keep this, the train going. This is going. what you wanted. I wanted this. I'm like, let's keep the train going. I know nothing about Batman and Robin, but from what I've seen in Batman Forever, let's go. This it's a fun '90s film. Let's just let's keep it going. And this this. This was a brick wall. This was the stop sign. It was the dead end. I was wrong to have wanted to continue so soon. Um, and yeah, it's just way too campy. It's way too corny and everything else that we covered. And it it's just really hollow. All the villains, all the heroes are very hollow. Like we said, Bane is a fence post. Um, Robin... He's okay, but the, the Batman and Robin in here are just, they're very, they're very whiny and complainy with each other. And I don't mind conflict between characters, but it doesn't really, it just ke- seems to kind of go in the same circles with this. And there's some redeemable things, I guess, like I said, with the Bruce storyline, but overall it's, it's a very hollow film. And I think you raise a good point. This director isn't bad. He's got some, some good gems in his resume. Maybe, maybe he, maybe he had a bit of a Spider-Man three issue going on, where we know that Sam Raimi was having One Direction in mind, and his boss has said, "Nope, you've got to have this many villains. You have to do this and this and this." And Sam Raimi probably said, "Well, how? It's going to be a crap film." And they said, "Oh well." And so yeah, we we don't care. We don't care. We're, we we sign the paycheck. So. Regardless, I, I think you're maybe onto something about, you know, maybe he had some outside influences, monetarily in in uh, in nature that were uh, kind of guiding his decision making. But yeah. I have a I have a question for you, please. Uh, so without going into too much detail, yeah, is it is it fair to say that when you did post secondary your your post secondary education? 
okay. that there was some degree of of biology and health sciences <laughs> classes sure. involved. Yep. Yeah, sure. Then please explain to me how Victor Freeze is smoking this freaking cigar. I what, what is this cigar? I Because my yeah. understanding is room temperature kills the bastard. So yep. how is it all of a sudden that mm-hmm. that he's you know, sucking back a stogie. <laughs> the question is a valid one, which I also wondered. I, okay. I, so I, as, <laughs> it's not just me. That's not just no, me, like uneducated no. in the human body. No, 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 no. Human body. No. Okay. My question to you is what happened to Val Kilmer? Uh, who cares? Um, <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> okay. Uh, moving I on. don't know. I, I my, my assumption is he would, he has self respect, and it's self respect <laughs> that that George Clooney for uh, some reason at this point George Clooney was like ah whatever I've done ER I'll you know <laughs> I like I don't know I don't know I, I you know oh, I, man. I I I don't know he he does he talks about how he really truly believed that it was you know that it, it was going to be a really good career move for him. Was you know, and and Batman and Robin was gonna be the thing that just like kicked it off, and you know, well, because he saw you know, like it how it furthered Michael Keaton's career and stuff, and mm. so it didn't yeah. it didn't ruin his career though. So there's at least that he's he. I would say it's it's actually incredibly impressive, um, and probably a little bit of a anomaly. That right. an actor was able to make that dramatic of a comeback after this horrendous of a film. <laughs> like those are it is yep. two like this film and the career that he swiftly went on to have. Uh, they're two. They're two very different extremes. Oh yeah, yep, yep. So, um, what else is written on your bat paper? I've got a few things. Uh, you know, Ivy, get in line, wasn't done that well. A little one-dimensional. And it, you've got some star power with Uma Thurman. Um, she was, again, there was, there was so many things that I went, what if, or what, not if, what if. Why was this in the film? One of them was just the banter between Batman and Robin saying that she, how did they phrase it? She's got great stems and butts too, and, and you know, I just I just looked at the screen. I'm like, are we really here for lame puns from Arnold and you two? Like, come on, like, what are we doing here? Um, we the, when there was an ice hockey fight with Batman, Robin. And the Freeze's henchman, I also said, what in the hell are we doing? Um, I forgot that Robin's name was Dick, because when Batman said to Robin, she wants to kill you, Dick, I I forgot that, like, I thought he was calling him a dick, and I was like, oh, a little intense for the 90s. Anyway. Um, I think it's, I think it, I think there's a double yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. going for the throat there. Um, so yeah, I mean, the comments about Ivy, I, I honestly thought what's happening here, the ice hockey fight choreographed scene, I thought what's happening here when Robin yeah, goes how on. Do the, those, how do those blades come out of the bottom of those boots? Don't, I literally do not care. 
Where did the where where I where how? Do not do not care. Um, when Robin goes on the tangent about wanting a car because chicks chicks dig the car, honestly thought Robin that's why that's why you're having like just get past it. Come on, like what are we, not even? It's just so much of what Robin's dialogue and motivation was consumed by in this film was just so like he had such a glass ceiling that he he couldn't be anything more interesting that i think he really could have been if uh, they had let him just focus on things more than just living in batman's shadow and wanting a car and anything like that um peripheral characters i guess robin was the same actor so that's cool i guess we've talked about batgirl which just seemed really contrived and random um and there was a specific scene where her and robin were hanging off a skyscraper like death impending and then it just cut scenes to like them having coffee at home and i was like no 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 how do you how do you how did you get out of this like they were motorcycle racing slipped off their motorcycles slid and like robin was like hanging by his shin and like hanging onto her hand who was she was hanging off a cliff or a, a skyscraper and i said no no how do you you can't just cut scene away from that how did you actually escape from this so um, i have a question that yeah. i just thought of based on that sure. what do you what, like what are your thoughts on the idea that maybe this film instead of being like a a cohesive <laughs> like there's 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 a lot of moments in this movie that aren't bad moments like the rocket exploding mm-hmm. and them kind of surfing down on the doors eh, it's a little far-fetched but it's cool i guess it is cool it'd be cooler um, I, I, it would be cooler and i can see how an eight-year-old would say hey this is fine sure the yeah. motorcycle race and the whole sliding off the edge and catching that's a cool it's a cool race it's a fun sure. scene sure um you know so there's uh, what are your thoughts on the idea that maybe this film, instead of being like this cohesive <laughs> Batman film, is just this like collection of story <laughs> pieces that don't have any, like have very minimal connective tissue? <laughs> I mean, that's not that far-fetched. I mean, if someone has a mandate to say, we need to sell toys, we need to sell lunch boxes we need to do whatever you don't need a cohesive well-developed story so maybe he maybe he checked all the boxes of his his boss's uh, requirements and that's all he needed he needed some races needed some nipples needed some arnold schwarzenegger smoking a cigar i don't know yeah I don't know. It does. I think. It, I think you make an interesting comment. It does feel like a very segmented movie with a lot of different things going on. That if they were explored throughout the film, I think we might have something, or at least something that's a bit more passable. But we don't. So therefore, we don't have that. Sure. Sure. Um, the uh, only thing. Do you have anything else? The only thing I'll say we we got we got the same commissioner for one scene, which is great. Um, loved the continuity there. Um, that's sarcasm. And we obviously the same Alfred we touched upon. We got this cool line where not all heroes wear masks, which was great. Um, 
I also liked, I touched on this, the flashbacks with Batman of Alfred. And I also like thought it was like bold that for a movie that was such trash, they tried to do something emotional where Batman literally said, I loved you to Alfred. My two questions for you related to Alfred and related to the further story of the plot. And then I think that's all I have to cover. So two things. What is this BS McGregor syndrome? And what is this other BS storyline of Alfred looking for his long lost brother crap and never finding him? And then it's it's kind of like it's talked about in one scene and then never brought up again. Am I was I missing something with either of those things? Right. Well, uh no, so I don't I don't know why. <laughs> okay. Like, yep. You know. Yeah. And obviously McGregor syndrome is fictional. Um yep. for the But I have a question. I have a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh you looked it up though, didn't you? You were like, "Oh, yeah, you're like I'm intrigued. What the hell's McGregor syndrome?" And then you're totally. like, "Oh. It's not yeah. real." Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I did look uh, it up. Yeah, it's it, it's not real, but I mean, you know, I think I think that's the right way to go. Like, you oh, know, yeah. if, oh, yeah. if, um, you know, you're sitting down in a theater to watch a movie and it's your first time out since you have found out that you have pancreatic cancer sure. and then all of a sudden Alfred's dying of pancreatic cancer, you're like, oh, well, there, there goes my night out. Like, you know, so oh, I yeah. think, I, yep. I think a fictional phony disease is totally the way to go. I think you're completely right from a, story continuity perspective like you're gonna get people if you pick something that's real people are gonna people are gonna nitpick and be like oh that's not accurate that's really stage three blah 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 when you pick something fictional it's it's easier to just be like hey we've made it up so no one can nitpick about this but you the the bigger point that you hit on that i think is more important from a story perspective people don't want to watch batman to be bogged down with the realities of life like let's just have something that's functional that we can just overlook and be distracted about reality i agree right and 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 then i mean there's just sort of the potential longevity of it too right like if um if you know let's say for the 30 years that mr freeze has been a character that Mm -hmm. his wife nora has always been dying of parkinson's sure right yep. and then and and every iteration we always do it is you know it's just cartoons and comics and video games and movies and whatever board games uh you know Nora's frozen because he's looking for a cure for parkinson's well what happens in the year 2027 when by chance we have cured parkinson's right and then yeah all of a sudden, it just doesn't work. Then now you have to change it because you can't, you know, do a Batman movie in twenty twenty, you know, or twenty thirty, and be like, oh, you know, he froze her because you know, because then the <laughs> audience would just be like, well, then just f and cure her. Like, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> right. We have a cure. Get yep. get over it. Right. So yep. again, yep. making McGregor syndrome this sort of, um, this sort of horrific. Thing. And that's just it too. Is that yeah? You you like because it's not a real thing, right? There's you you can never say oh well that's you know that's not realistic because mm-hmm. it's not real, mm-hmm. right? So like yep. they can make the symptoms whatever they want. They can make the prognosis whatever they want because 
you can't argue it. You can't do it. Well, it's, you know, in fact, I went to medical school and, yeah, um, right. you know, the, the way that this actually happens is like, it's just, it's not a thing. Right. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Is that it? That is it. Zero to zero point five. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny, but it's also kind of true, and that's why it's funny. Um. Okay, so I use two scales. I use a scale for myself to determine how much effort I want to put into a film. The other scale is called Marshall scale, and it's just a scale of from zero to ten. What did this film get? So named, with my named after a, named after a guy who's been on the show a couple of times named Marshall. Yes, who we love. Um, yeah. With on yeah, the yeah, yeah. on my scale, it's like theaters the highest that I'm willing to give a film for effort. Second highest would be like premium access. Like I'll pay the thirty dollars and watch it at home. A bit lower would be hey, if it's on a streaming site, I'll probably throw it on. And like the lowest of the low is like, I'm only watching that thing if there's no Wi-Fi at the cottage and it's pouring rain and there's a VHS of it. And I even then it's kind of a maybe. This film definitely falls into the bottom category. I gave it a three out of 10. So like I'm maybe watching it at the cottage if there's no Wi-Fi and it's been like raining for seven days in a row and I, I'm just looking for something to do or to laugh at. But even then, borderline. On a normal scale of 0 to 10 on Marshall scale, I gave it a 2, maybe a 3, but I'm thinking a 2 out of 10. The one thing I'll say when I'm looking, and you 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 pegged it, as far as the Batman films, like the 1960s one is the worst. This one is the second worst. I didn't like Batman Returns as much as you, the, the one with, with the Penguin. And I, it, it's a bit of a hot take because I know how popular it is. I wanted this to score higher than that, and it obviously came nowhere near, because as much as I didn't like Batman Returns, I had nowhere near the complaints for it. So, regardless, this is the second worst Batman film for me. Where does this film rank on a scale of 10 for you? Uh, so I give it a 4.5. Okay. And I yeah. concede to the fact that that is purely subjective and that it is mostly fueled by a nostalgia factor and if that nostalgia factor is not there then the film should score much lower um, sure but yep. factoring in the nostalgia factor it doesn't even the nostalgia factor doesn't even bring the enjoyment up to a five for me um, but it does certainly elevate it from the you know sort of primordial soup of uh, <laughs> of the zero range right yeah. So fair enough. Yeah. Uh speaking of primordial soup. Huh? Marshall. Hey fellas, it's Marshall. This week I watched a two thousand four film called The Machinist, featuring Christian Bale in a role where he apparently lost over sixty pounds for the part. The story revolves around a man who claims he hasn't slept in a year and explores the toll that that seems to take on his mind and body. What did you watch this week? All right, thanks, Marshall. Uh thank you. Yeah. So Christian Bale, you know what? Listen, I'm not a huge Christian Bale movie guy. No, no, uh, you're not. In fact, my favorite Christian Bale movie is Empire of the Sun, um, oh. which is like, yes. he's brilliant. Sure. And, and I just haven't come across a, a, a role that I 
enjoy. I still need to watch what's the is it Ford versus Ferrari or something? Oh yeah. I want to yep. see that one really bad. Sure. Um but uh but listen, uh I do commend Christian Bale's ability to transform himself. But on mm-hmm. mass amounts of muscle for something like Batman, which I'm pretty sure he did Batman right after The Machinist. Um, so I think he went from like yeah. anorexic nothing yep. to to this big brawler style Batman. Yep. Um, I'm looking, Machinist so, is 2004. So yeah, pretty, yeah. pretty darn near. So that, and then, you know, he just did the movie Vice a couple of years ago where he played uh, Dick Cheney. Uh, and I think he like really put on it. Like he, I think he was over two hundred and twenty pounds or something. Um, so yeah, Machinist. I haven't seen it, but I do know a lot about it. I've seen images of him in it, and it's pretty, pretty gnarly uh, oh, how yeah. thin he is. It's hard. Uh, and yeah. yeah, he. I I read a thing or like watched a thing or something. A can of tuna <laughs> right. and an apple a day is was his is daily allowance for food in order to to get himself into that shape so which is which is remarkable but it's also like it makes me a little uncomfortable just probably wasn't uh, well obviously it wasn't ideal for his overall health and well-being to put your body through that so it's incredible but it's also a little puts me in my i'm a little uncomfortable by it just from a human being to do yeah, from there. You know what? It's an extreme dedication to your craft, but at the same time, like, you know, one's are one's obviously healthier for you than the other, but you know, you look at this and then and then contrastly you look at things like these MCU films where where someone's got to get superhero buff. Right. Um yep. like Hugh Jackman, right? True. And and Hugh Jackman was like, yeah, it was eating ten times a day chicken <laughs> and steamed and steamed broccoli. Right. Yeah. Um. And and he said maybe if he was having a cheat day, it would be uh, a cup of brown rice. <laughs> um, it, was his, it was his cheat. And 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 it was like right. it was it was months of six hours a day in the gym every day um and like so yeah you know it's it's just it's just a it's just an interesting commentary on like what we are requiring of people for our entertainment um and just a dedication to their craft yeah i think that i think you've really articulated how i feel because i think on the one side the dedication to craft it's like ooh yeah like good for you and then the what we put through for mere entertainment it's like ooh i don't know that makes me feel uneasy so i think you've hit hit the nail on the head with that i yeah. actually so anyways, so answer, I'm actually, answer the damn just, question yeah well i just googled it actually so it looks like his diet was a tuna fish salad and disent or a tuna fish sandwich and dysentery every day to get into that ooh. shape ooh. well that will that uh, that will do it it, That'll if do you're it. looking to lose weight, I've heard that dysentery, <laughs> uh, uh, while not enjoyable, is effective. Right. Um, not much to report on what I watched this week. It was one of those weeks where just the schedule didn't align with watching a lot for film. The only thing that I watched with my wife 
is we continued our march on the Lost rewatch. We're still on the first season. We didn't get too far, but we watched a few episodes here and there. We've continued. Um, the only thing I'll comment that I forgot about, there's a lot of shaky cam that I forgot about. And I don't know if it's just in the first season. I'm curious to see if it continues or it stops. I hope it stops. It feels very 2004-ish, which is obviously when the show came out, and I'm not a fan of it. But, um, yeah, just, it just uh, it's a technique that I'm not a fan of, or if I, it is in something, it has to be done well and tastefully. And if it's overdone, it, it's bothersome. But anyway, that's all I watched this week. It's, it's mm. a very lazy technique. It's, oh, it's, yeah. It is used to cover up lazy action cinematography or cinematography done by, by cinematographers who aren't good at doing action. Mm. And I don't want to paint a brush. Okay. There might, there has to be maybe one or two scenarios where I think it's probably acceptable, but for the most part, I would say I can do without it. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that's all I watched this week. I did some swimming, some sun shining, partaking. So I did some things outside, right. Yeah, but I think that's, that, that's outdoor, far too. Outdoor well, activities is not the theme of our podcast. So uh, <laughs> no, sorry, continue. <laughs> That's that's what I did. And I, I you know, you're right. Next week I'm just gonna sit inside and watch movies. I've had my outside time. It's time to move on. Yeah, listen, forget the vitamin C, neglect your family, and just just find you know, <laughs> go on Amazon, get yourself a beanbag chair. Right. Uh, and 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 you know, and and plop it right you know, in front of your TV. And yep. um Yep. And just indulge, right? Do you, it. You've earned it. You've oh, earned yeah. It. What yeah. did you watch this week? Uh, this week, I watched... What was it? So I was... What films did I had I watched last week? How far into the MCU had I gotten? Oh, um, okay. I think the most... I, I'd watched Iron Man 3. Mm, yep. And I'm pretty sure you watched Thor The Dark the World... Word- to the which dark world. I threw up in my mouth and you said, no, 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 mm. it's not as bad as we thought. It's just not that right. good. And I said, tomato, tomato. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where we got. So this week I watched uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Yes. Oh, and that's where we talked about. You You said you were excited yeah. to do the highs and the lows, the highs being Captain yeah. America. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. Okay. Yeah. Um, Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Decent. And, uh, Captain America Civil War. Mm, yes. Okay. And Doctor Strange. Okay. Cool. So. You're ripping right along. Ripping right along. In my mind, there's like, I know they're divided into different phases and categories, but in my mind, I think of the, about them more when I saw them. And you're getting closer to the recent history, what I would consider recent history. So that's exciting. Yeah. So I'm in phase three and phase three is like, you know, mm. end game and yep. stuff is, is yep. the, the culmination of phase three. Well, it's a culmination of all of it, but it is, it yep. is within phase three. So yeah, I think I've got 10 to go. Wow. There's still a lot, man. There's still That's so a lot. That's more than I expected. Spider-Man, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yep. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Sure. 
Thor Ragnarok. Which I adore. Black Panther. Avengers Infinity War. Yep. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Captain I think I Marvel. I need to see that. Okay. Avengers Endgame. Yep. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I might, uh, and then there might be one in there somewhere that I'm missing. Uh, it was either way nine. That that sure. was nine. Yep. So yeah. So there's there's a hefty there's a hefty few. Remaining. That's fun though. That's fun. Yeah. That feels yeah. like a very yeah. like it's a good thing to do. You picked a good time of the year to watch all of them because I feel like that's a very summer movie thing i know we're not in the era where we can go out to see movies or we can go to the drive-in but the mcu films to me are like the quintessential part of me drive-in movie or summer blockbuster event well i would never watch one in a drive-in just because you know i i wouldn't watch one in a drive-in for the first viewing because i need the sound and i need the 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 image quality and stuff um but i am like so even though it, it chronologically it doesn't happen post endgame uh i will like i'm moving through these at a pace where i will be done in time for black widow next month that's impressive yeah so and i'm looking forward to that cool so yeah wrap it up man all right well thank you everyone for listening we do appreciate it uh please like follow subscribe on our social media pages Uh, the links are below so facebook instagram twitter uh be on the lookout for future episode votes where we let you determine what movie we'll review um you can check out our check out our patreon page our merchandise page it's ways for you to help support and maintain the show it's also a way for us to give you perks back and um get some extra uh extra abilities and some extra um power and perks so check it out and uh, for all those that support us on patreon thank you um to our uh highest tier patrons daphne brenna and marshall thank you so much for your support and um until next time which i believe we'll be we'll be getting back on the train for the black mirror series i believe no next time next time new new release territory Oh, we literally just spoke next, of this. I think time, I'm confused. Yeah, next time we're hopping on the Pixar two, train. Two weeks from now, we'll, we'll be on the Black Mirror train. But till then, we'll be on the more pleasant train of Pixar. Mm, yeah. Well, well, you don't know. Maybe it's like a really messed up, make you uncomfortable <laughs> Pixar movie. Yeah, that really kind of has some existential crisis component. Yeah, you know, the, the kind that makes you question your very soul and being. Mm, fair enough yeah Yeah. you know like like finding Nemo (laughs) 